Welcome to the Crooked Carrot Podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron Caudell and Labria Lane. Why are we doing this podcast again, Labria? We're doing this podcast to uplift women's voices in the ag world and to discuss dream versus reality when growing just about anything. Because we're growing businesses, family farms, and our lives. This podcast is sponsored by MIFS, Michigan Food and Farming Systems. MIFS is building networks and growing farming. All right, Labria, tell me how Mary Sam's Garden came to be. Mary Sam's Gardens was established in 2018, and I had gotten a job and I met a woman uh, named Dana Voorhees there and she was the farm manager at the Women in Ag Farm Development Center in Grand Blanc and she was sitting in the office with me and she was talking about this space and was like oh we need a, a grower and wondering if we knew anybody and I was like hmm I could do it because I say yes to things all the time <laughs> that I've, you know, like overload myself with work. Uh, oh, I work full time. Why not? You know, I work full time and a half, you know, another job, two other jobs. Why not decide to start a farming operation at an incubator farm? And, um, and I did. And Dana was the farm manager of the, um, of the incubator farm. And she supported me in what it was that I decided to do. Um, and just before that spring, I had attended what was like a food court alum. Uh, a gathering? A gathering. It was like, it was kind of, it was a kind of gathering uh, where you kind of get together for a few days and you talk about your goals and you strategize about them and you just kind of become like, really connected with a group of people. And at that um, gathering, we had been discussing things that we wanted to do. And they pulled this out of me like, well, I think that I might want to start a farm. I've been working on them since I was 19. I have a lot of skill sets. I, I could do this. And they're learning all these things about me. And it made it one of the goals on that, on that sheet of paper that we were writing our goals on. And I was like, okay, I guess I guess that's what I'm going to do. And um, at, we had started a, it was like a money pot. And like every month we'd all put 20 bucks in it. And we did it for 13 months because there was 13 members so that we could have a little extra money sitting around to give to one another. Like a, just kind of like cycling money through, through us when we need a little extra cash. And I was the first name pulled and I took that $300 and I decided that I would start Mary Sam's Gardens with it and um, buy seeds that I needed, materials that I needed, register my business and, and that it would be super meaningful because these group of people that support me, helped me understand what I wanted to do, pulled this out of me. And this other person that I met like presented this opportunity to me and it all just kind of came together. And that's when I decided, well, Mary Sam's gardens has a purpose and 
other pe- people believe in me and I believe in me. So let's do it. And that's how I started Mary Sam's Gardens. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that part of the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's roll let's it back just a little bit more. Like, what, why did you feel like growing things? Like, let's go before food core. Ooh. Why, where did growing things come into, like, part of your, like, life? Something you, because you ended up in, like, you ended up in food core. Yeah. Which is helping, you know, kids grow things. But. Like, is it always been a, like a part of you? Have you always felt connected to land and growing and plants? Or is it something that kind of developed or you feel like you fell into it? I remember um, as a kid being very inclined to work with my grandma in her gardens. Um, my grandma, Jackie. And she had her vegetable garden in the back and she had her flower gardens all along the front and the side of the house and these great tall pines that, um, that kind of just like made our yard look really nice. It was beautiful, beautiful yard, rose bushes everywhere, peonies in the spring. And, um, and I would bring cut flowers to teachers when I was a kid. Like there were a million signs that this is what I cared about. And, um, and it never quite hit me, you know, even at, in my own home, like living like with my mother and my brothers and sisters, I took care of the front yard. I pruned the bushes. I did this. I did like I really cared about this. And somehow it never clicked that that was an option. No one said that this is an option. And then in high school, I got a volunteer opportunity um, with a very, um, uh, a very important teacher to me. And she brought us to Flint River Farm. It's the first time I ever been there. Had never met um, the farmer, Roxanne Adair, ever. And when we came to volunteer, she was like, I'm looking for people to work here. And ended up like taking our names down and like our contact information, I guess. And we went through like one of those youth hiring agencies. And I got my first job there. I really had only met her one, one time before that. Right. And, um, and I started working at Flint River farm farming. And then I was like, wow, I want to be a farmer. Started walking around school. I want to be a farmer. Like everybody's just like, what, (laughs) where did this come from? I don't know, but this is what I want to do. And it was literally my first job, my first career path. Like I Everything that I've ever done is connected to growing food, growing plants, caring about the like the environment. That's it. And uh, I don't know. I, it just kind of clicked after all these years of doing it. <laughs> it's really interesting. It took a long time, I guess. So where does the name Mary Sam's come from? Um, Mary and Samuel Lee are my the elders in my family, the oldest um, people that were in my family at the time. Um, um, Mary Lee is still alive. She is 87 years old and she looks like she's 20 years younger than she is. Like She looks good. <laughs> my grandma looks good. Um, and she's super important to me. Um, I went through something 
uh, that landed me living with them for a few months. And I was able to spend the last three months of my grandfather's life, Samuel Lee. I spent the last three months of his life with him, living with him, seeing him every day. And those were some really, really important. That was really, really important time to me. And so I named my business after the both of them um, because I felt closer um, to them spiritually as well as, you know, living and seeing them with seeing them every day. Um, And I wanted to dedicate my business to them because they came from, you know, my, my Southern roots growing their own food. uh, And they went through a lot of hardships to bring us here to take care of their family, you know? And so that's kind of why I decided to name it Mary Sam's. So what did that business look like? So you started the business at the women and Ag incubator farm. What did it look like that first year? Um, the first year at the women and ag incubator farm, Dana was super like, I don't know. She's very present. She was very present anyway, but that first year I remember her being very present and she's just like, this place I've been like struggling to make this place like work until we could get get somebody here and um it needs to be cleaned and so I grabbed two friends and we came through and we cleaned and established um all the beds inside of the green uh, inside of the hoop house and we put weed fabric down and chipped the aisleways and laid compost and, and we take, took a cute little happy picture afterward because it tra- it was like Transformation Tuesday, right? Like <laughs> it was a, a brand new, you know, space. And um, it was one of the first years that like a really, really nice crop came out of it. And that was out of all the effort and the love and the care that went in. So it kind of reinforced my belief that I could, that I could do this. And um, I had a lot of support in, in, in doing that. So who did you sell to? What was your clientele? Oh, I had gotten the opportunity to put some um, vegetables in a corner store in Flint. And loads of my vegetables went there. And I flew through tomatoes like it was nobody's business. Like <laughs> the people that visited that corner store were like, where's the tomatoes? You know, like if there weren't tomatoes, it was a problem. <laughs> um, and then I remember having probably a surplus of things um, to, and I don't know at what point I decided to do the CSA, but at some point I did. Was it that first year? It wasn't. I did my CSA for maybe two years. So I didn't start doing one until 2020, I think. Yep. That first year we were talking about trying to do a box, but we had to change the the way that we were doing it because people just weren't able to like pay for a whole box. And and it's easier for people to decide on what they want to eat versus being, you know, roped into trying whatever it is I put in the box. 
songs. Like that crowd wasn't ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately it only lasted for a year, but I mean, I'm still glad that I was able to do that. Um, afterward, uh, I would just sell at the market, um, especially when, when COVID hit, I was selling at the market. Um, but uh, when COVID hit, I also started finding myself switching up my markets, like mm-hmm. not the market that I was physically selling at, but um, moving, pairing vegetables and flowers, like doing doing them both. Um, and then I found myself really intrigued with the flowers. So I eventually I did move away from vegetables and started producing flowers. And now like three years ago, I was growing 400 little um, leggy mums and fast forward to now, and I'm growing like 1300 big, beautiful mums in my backyard and plan to do the same, if not more next year. So. What point did you decide I need to go to college? Oh, yeah. I was getting told left and right that I needed to finish my degree. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know. And I, and I can't forget it was you. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, It was our Tina. She was telling me I needed to make sure I finished my degree. Just a lot of encouragement, not a lot of like shaming, mm-hmm. but making sure that I they they were telling me, y'all were telling me that y'all know that I could do it. And so if I wanted to do it, get in there and do it. Get it off your plate if that's what you want. Um, there was a couple technical reasons for why I wasn't doing it. But the moment that I became like, like an independent in the eyes of the state I was like all right I file my own taxes I'm using my own taxes I'm going to school (laughs) and what's your degree gonna be in horticulture it'll be in horticulture um for when I first went back I was like oh maybe I wanted to be in like ag education or like and and I found myself like almost cringing sometimes in, in the classes that were leading to that degree. Cause I didn't feel like I really was connecting with it. Like it didn't feel right. As much as I cared about like my background with food court and educating kids. And I still was doing that up until like this year, just, I'm not sure if I'll continue doing it in the future, but even this year I was doing ag ed- education with kids and, um, and that has always been important to me, but there's other things around that seem to be like taking first place, you know? And, um, and I'm learning to be comfortable with that, being okay with that, wherever life takes me. Finishing my degree is one of those things that it's like, you really need to take care of your business, Brie. <laughs> you know? um, and I'm looking to graduate in the fall of next year fingers crossed if anything it would be the spring of 24 at the latest so a long time coming so what does it mean for you to be a black woman in this field well (laughs) um it never I never let it 
I remember growing up and people being like, I'm not going to do that because that's quote unquote slaves work. Right. And I'm just like, what you talking about? Like other African-American kids, people my age, right? Not my grandparents, right? Like they, they come from, you know, doing stuff like that. But there's like this message that's in so many people's heads that um, we have to be something else. Um, and growing up, I was even taught that, right? What the things that I needed to be, I needed to be a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse or like somebody that cures cancer or some kind of scientist, something. I needed to be someone that gave that. If I said it out loud, it was like, I don't know. It spoke for itself. You know, you walk into a room and everybody's going to respect you. I needed to be these things. Like those were the message that I would messages I was getting as a, as a kid. And still I kind of struggle with that on occasion, like, (laughs) because what I do for a living, I'm very proud of. I love what I do. Um, not everybody would say the same, like they, they might hear me say that I grow plants for a living and that I have a little nursery and they might like be like, oh, that's nice. But in reality, I know the work that I put into it and I had to find my own way to be proud of myself, um, and to be comfortable with what I was doing. And I think Part of the reason I was able to do that was because my mother has always, always, always had the expectation for me to be doing what I love and what I care about and to be doing my best. And she never belittled any of the decisions that I ever made, regardless to what anybody else may have said. I always knew that my mom was going to support me. So I think that's that is one of the reasons that I've decided regardless to what everybody else thought that I was going to do me. And that was okay. (laughs) There's not very many, there's a lot of black women who love to garden, but there's not a lot of black women around here that do it professionally. Um, So I do find myself a little isolated sometimes um, wanting to meet and know other black farmers, but I have found a really strong community. Um, in the people that are here. So I guess in short, I feel supported. Special. It is incredibly special. Almost makes me a little teary. I'm talking (laughs) about it, friends. (laughs) So I think you alluded to your business evolving a little bit. And not to take away, like I wanted to acknowledge that that was really cool. Yeah. Um, What you um, shared with us. But um like your business has evolved from growing food and working with kids and to more plant focused. Um, and you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think I've heard you say like that you're just following what you're interested in in your heart. And how do you, could you reflect a little bit on that, on that changes? Yeah. Like I, when I say I'm following what I'm interested in, I'm, I, that is how I ended up here in the first place. 
and I want to keep honoring that part of myself. I know what makes me happy and that things have a time and a place and being okay with the evolution of my career and my life is a big deal for me because I'm a control freak. (laughs) And so, and it's a little scary, like, because this is where my identity has been for a decade. Um, And so you, you think it wouldn't be that big of a transition, right? But it is, it's, it's very different. Um, deciding to grow flowers is very different and I'm learning a lot and, and teaching myself a lot. And I thrive in that when I'm learning and, and, mm. and growing in that way. Mm. But when I, I decided to do flowers, I decided to do the thing that, um, that was serving me as well. And um, trying to make vegetables work on such a small scale with the resources that I had, um, it didn't always um, provide for me the way that I needed it to financially. Mm-hmm. So moving the flowers also helped. Like the financial reasons was also a, it was a pretty big deal. I'm like, oh, I don't ever do anything for money. At some point you have to do it for some money or else you can't do it. (laughs) And I tried pairing it, like doing both, but my focus, I feel more confident with my focus, just really moving into doing food first. And you've moved off the incubator farm. Oh yeah. Tell us about that. I moved off the incubator farm in 20, in, in about, like around the same time that I had got the farm, I was like, yeah, if I ever want this or around the same time I was working on the incubator farm, I decided that if I ever wanted this for myself, like I would have to find a house. Like I'm going to outgrow my 530 square foot apartment. Like this isn't going to work. Like my you can't have plants in every corner. I mean, <laughs> I did. That's a, I had this big people. First thing people saw when they walked into my little apartment was this big stand, this plant stand that had like a ton of plants on it. And like, <laughs> I couldn't harden my plants off um, appropriately sometimes. My plants got like picked up by maintenance because there were too many plants. And I pulled them off the grass and put them on like this eight foot wide sidewalk. And they told me that it was obstructing the sidewalk. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Okay, (laughs) they make the rules, right? But they abducted my plants and then called me and told me that they did it. And I felt attacked in a way, (laughs) I felt attacked in a way that I can't even express. if If you love your plants and somebody picked them up because they were in the way, you would feel the exact, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) <laughs> just imagine somebody doing this taking your plants and, and 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 then suggesting that they could have been mistaken for trash those were gorgeous peppers okay they were full they were absolutely gorgeous there's no way anybody mistakes anything like that for trash you're just talking out the side of your neck wait, wait, wait. did they didn't give them back they did oh, okay. oh, oh my goodness man. that lady acted like that <laughs> the lady at the front desk acted like she needed to give somebody's permission to give me my plants i walked right past her into the pool area where they took them plants, started putting the plants in my truck. And then uh, the maintenance guy was like, yeah, what's going on with all these peppers? I was like, 
it has rained <laughs> for several weeks and we have not had the opportunity to put them in the ground. That is all that has happened here. It was, it was like probably the third week in June and it had been raining and raining and raining and we couldn't get them in. And they're like, oh, so you grow plants for, you You grow vegetables for like, yeah. But I was sour. I wasn't even interested in having a conversation. Like that was the day that I knew there was no other option. I was never signing another lease in an apartment ever again. There was no other options. I was gone. And that, like that year, I found a house um, in Burton and I had, I had prayed. I said, oh. I hope that I find a little house. I want it to be small enough that I can afford my payments and I can afford to heat it and I won't feel overwhelmed and everything will be okay. Like I just need, but I, I wanted to have a little bit of land and it's kind of hidden. Like <laughs> I, I sent up a little prayer in less than two weeks, this house pops up and I see it on my Zillow app and my eye starts fluttering and my stomach starts jumping around and I'm looking and I'm like, this, this, is, this is the house. And I went to go see it. It was probably May or June. I went to go see it and walking through the backyard, I knew. Walking up to the house, I knew. I put that offer in the same day and I got a call just before the 4th of July saying that they accepted my my offer for the house. There was like four or five other offers in on the house. So other people wanted it and, and it ended up being mine or mind mine um and i'm really grateful you know to have been able to get my house i love my house right now i love my house so much um so and that's where mary sam's garden ended up um and there's beautiful pictures i post beautiful pictures of the things that i'm doing on social media so if anyone would like to see those pictures where do they go Mary Sam's Gardens on Instagram or on Facebook and kind of take a peek at the wonder because it's transformed uh, in just the three years I've owned the property. So, yeah. What else? What are we missing? Um, I don't know. I, I guess where we are now, um, the whole backyard is just covered in mums. <laughs> like <laughs> we're like that that was and I and it's come I've come a long way a long way um and what's next who knows like whatever feels good like <laughs> whatever feels good and I'm looking forward to it too <laughs>